Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's national headquarters. Do you recognize this sound? It's the sound of progress a century ago anyway, when manual typewriters first came on the scene. Imagine how far we've come in managing our information and data since then. Today, we're going to talk about innovation, and specifically how big data is now transforming the water wastewater sector. From smart meters to artificial intelligence, the sector is embracing a digital transformation to work better and smarter. Today, we'll talk to Reese Tisdale, the president of Bluefield Research. He's got some interesting insights into how the industry is seeking ways to reduce water loss, improve efficiencies, and apply data-driven solutions to solve age-old infrastructure problems. We're talking to Reese Tisdale, co-founder of Bluefield Research, and we're going to talk about big data and digital and water. Um, let's start way at the top. I mean, we're, we're seeing a digital transformation in water. Describe to me a little bit about what's happening. I mean, I guess it looks, even for me, let's step back, like, what is digital? Good. So that's sort of always the question that everybody asks, you know, and we talk about it. Well, it can be called a lot of different things. It can be called smart water. It can be called Internet of Things. It can be called... You know, the industrial internet, uh, you name it. There are lots of monikers out there. But the way we look at it is really it's using data and the resulting analysis from that, of that data to make better, more informed decisions within the water, wastewater, stormwater networks. And that could come in a lot of different ways. It could drive manual decisions where it basically helps inform, you know, employees or personnel or the workforce what to do. Ultimately, it could be more artificial, artificial intelligence or predictive in nature. So I think that's, there's a wide range and that's where people get tripped up a bit. And that mm -hmm. is what kind of makes it trouble and sort of nebulous, but it's already happening, right? So it's not, it's happening in our daily lives, whether it be, you know, cloud computing through Amazon and our orders, whether it be Uber, whether it be Airbnb, understanding what people are doing. So I think, you know, the same at the same time, it's already happening in water through SCADA systems, at least initially, and ultimately will get more uh, expansive. What do you think drives? What's going to be driving the future um, for digital in water? There are. This is no secret. There are a number of challenges, right? So you've basically got the cost of infrastructure are going up. I mean, a good example is people don't even understand, the public don't even understand the cost of infrastructure. Right. Sort of like when you buy a car, it's sitting in the driveway, you're paying for it. You're driving it down the road, you're paying for it. People don't look at water infrastructure that way. So our assets are getting old. They've either got to be upgraded, rehabilitated, or replaced. To do so, it has to be done more efficiently. Right, and why does it have to be more? Why does it have to be done more efficiently? There's just not enough money out there, right? So finding ways more cost-effectively to do the work, um, the workforce is a problem. And I, you know, back to sort of defining what is digital water. I think really, when you think about technology, it's the technology is not to do the work; it's to help humans do the work better and more efficiently. That's really where it's in, where it's critical. And that's a key differentiator. It's not, we're not gonna have robots running around the water and wastewater sectors doing all the work. Um, you know, there's the climate issues, you know, the big storm events. Stormwater is a major problem. So, you know, Bluefield, we've tracked, you know, with the help of NOAA, 
um, since I think our data is 19, since 1980, there are 241 events in the U.S. that cost over a billion dollars, right? Billion-dollar impacts. So it's significant, but more importantly, that trend is up. It's it continues to climb. Um, so that's a big problem. Rates, you know, water rates will continue to climb. Our data shows, I think, on average, increased water rates of four percent a year, four and a half percent. I think even more importantly, which is where data and better analysis can be used, and that is helping plan those rates better. They shouldn't be so volatile. I don't know why. We're playing, you know, some years you're paying 20% increase, other years you're paying 0% increase. You know, this customer management, you know, that's where it can be really useful. Well, I think it's interesting, too, you make the point that it's not just planning for the future. Um, it's it's the day-to-day maintenance. There are things that we can do more efficiently just day-to-day sure. that data allows us to get a handle on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it helps us make better decisions, and it also ideally helps mitigate risk as we go forward too. You know, I try to use real world examples. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm trying to, you know, I'm traveling. My credit card company doesn't necessarily, I guess they do because I'm using it. But, you know, I go out to a big dinner and then I get an email that says, hey, are you really in Cincinnati? Do you really want to use your money? Do you really, (laughs) do you really want to use your money and pay us for it? but that's artificial intelligence. It's not like someone sitting behind a screen in New York or Sioux Falls or tracking you know, your every movement. Tracking my every move. So, you know, and I think it's already happening in the water and wastewater sector, whether it be workforce management. There are people at, you know, they're boots on the ground. They're using iPads, they're using advanced technology just to track whether it be GPS locators. These are basic steps and it is incremental. No one is expecting by 2020 that the U.S. market, water, wastewater, or global for that matter, is going to be, you know, uh, super advanced. It's just not the nature of the industry. So I think everybody needs to keep things in perspective. At Bluefield, we say digital. Yeah, it's a progressive word. It's an active word. It's a buzzword, if you will. But the point is, it is where the future is heading, whether we want it to be that way or not. Give me some practical examples that we're seeing in water. I mean, I we're talking about systems and sensors and I mean it could be a number like leakage management I mean obviously in the U.S. that's a big one so if you're looking at you know 20% leakage management identifying the leaks are you having leaks you know what's the impact of that Um, where being you know so identifying what's happening could be flow rates Um, water quality monitoring obviously we're seeing things like you know PFOS is emerging as a contaminant, you know, like how do we track that? How do we stay on top of that? Harmful or algae blooms, right? That's another one where um, last summer it was in, it was a big discussion in Florida elections. It's a big issue in Toledo, obviously. You know, Ohio and Oregon have some of the most advanced, relatively speaking, most advanced, uh, you know, monitoring uh, policies or regulations in place. They are the leaders geographically. But it's not, you can't make better capital investment decisions, whether it be installing plants or installing, you know, uh, capital equipment, if you're not monitoring and understanding what's happening in a more regular basis and a more cost effective, uh, more cost effectively. So I think that's how it can be used. 
I mean, the, the, and I think the other way to look at it is also just on the customer side, sort of is I think in the power sector, they call it sort of like edge computing or getting closer to the customer, like understanding what they're doing. Insurance companies, they want to understand what's happening in a home. If flow rates are changing within a home, it could potentially be a major water leak. And so that's a benefit, obviously, to the water utility, benefit to the customer maybe, and you know, is the first step. Secondly, to the water utility potentially, although they're oftentimes volume-based, right. and then the insurance company. Well, you mentioned Oregon. I was going to ask you about who are, are there innovators out there, leaders who are, who are kind of setting the pace for others to watch and see what's working, what's not? Yeah, so the vendor landscape is crazy. So to give you an idea. As far as having lots of options? Just lots of options. I think that's actually one of the challenges in that, in that the utilities or municipalities, they're just being bombarded by so many companies. So at Bluefield, I think we track 350 to 400 vendors wow. that are deploying different solutions. It's really interesting the way we, so we track it like when were these companies founded? So of those 350, I think that's the magic number, 350 uh, vendors, I think 60%, 65% of them were founded since 2000. So it's really, but that's kind of the way the world sure. is, right? Um, you know, you got the metering companies that have been around since 1896 in some cases based on their founding. But the digital space industry, venture capital investment is pouring into the sector. So $350 million of venture capital investment over the last eight to 10 years that have come in just for digital water solutions. But who is it? It's a pretty diverse, you know, you obviously have the Suez and the Violis and the GEs of the world got the engineering companies. So you've got, you know, Brown and Caldwell has BC Blue and its strategy to approach the market. You've got uh, Tetra Tech is sort of, they've acquired a company a couple years ago, but they've been looking at the space. Um, you've got Black and Beach as a player in the market. So it's interesting to see what those guys, and there are so many others. And then you've obviously got Silicon Valley startups right. who do, um, like, Corita um, just bought Fracta. You've got Mueller has Ecologic. You know, there are all these different companies on, on the with Silicon Valley types. Then you got pure play water companies. And then, it, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's amazing. That many choices is almost disruptive because you don't know what to do. How, would, how you do you know, know what, what works? Right. And so we're talking about the water sector. So last time I checked, it's pretty mature, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. pretty conservative in its decision-making processes. So how is it? It's, it's evolving. They have to prove themselves. And digital, there are no boundaries on digital, right? Okay. So Europe is an incubator. The UK in particular is an incubator for a lot of companies. Like Arcadis has just, you know, acquired Seams recently. They just acquired another company recently. Um, these are being deployed in Europe. So the idea is, hey, will those make it over to the US? Um, but as with anything else, utilities need to see it proven. Does it work? I mean, some of these companies, the question is, how long have you been in water? I mean, have you been... You know, and they say, oh, we're just getting into it. And it's like, well, how can we trust you? So there's a trust gap um, that has to be dealt with. And it's going, that's one of the challenges. And then on the back end of it is always the question of what about cybersecurity? Well, I can tell you, cybersecurity is already a problem. Sure. Right? Whether Even whether you have an analog system or a digital system, you're at risk and you're exposed. And if you're not already dealing with it, then you, you need to at least take that first step is what we call the utility journey to figure out, okay, let's figure out what's happening with your core assets today 
irrespective of all these new solutions. Figure that out and then start moving towards like tactical solutions, workforce management, and then ultimately artificial and predictive. Great design builders are all about innovation, integration, and efficiency. That's why we're happy to have Georgia Pacific Gypsum as our Design Build Delivers partner. The DENS Element Barrier System with AquaCore technology from Georgia Pacific Gypsum creates the water-resistive and air barrier within, eliminating the need for an additional on-site crew to apply a separate WRBAB. This innovative product provides a high-performance integrated sheathing solution for architects concerned with preserving the integrity of their building designs and offers contractors better control of their project schedules and potential time savings. You get back to that trust issue because if you have a new user who's not really sure about what this technology is going to get them in the end, but it does potentially in their mind open up that the fear of their secure, you know, losing some sense of security, yeah. then that you can see where there's a there's almost a block to get started. I think for a for a utility or a business, whether it be municipal or industrial for that matter, is. These are there to help you make better decisions and save money along the way. It takes time. You figure it out incrementally, but you do you just sticking your head in the sand and saying, you know, the alternative is like you mean the because the risks are there, right? Whether they be climate, whether they be cost, whether they be customer, those risks are there. They have to be managed. So can they manage them by maintaining the status quo? I don't think so. So the alternative, I mean, do private utility, investor-owned utilities come in? There are 115 investor-owned utility acquisitions last year in the U.S., 130 the year before. So the average is about that every year. There are a lot of systems to be bought. But by 2050, will the entire network be will change? I think it will be definitely different. And I think that's where things like design, you know, biz, new business models or alternative strategies are really critical in uh, in sort of in sort of driving an evolution. You have to use evolution in the water right. sector. It's not a, never going to be a revolution. Right. It's more evolution. So that's really what's going to end up happening. That's the role that design build pl has played in water. In that it's behind in water where it was in transportation, and yet the industry has seen the need. And even through progressive, sure. which is right. an, you know an even uh, more collaborative form of design build, I mean they're seeing the need to approach these different ways of looking things, breaking out of the norm because of the challenges that you've talked about, the things that everybody knows coming down the pike. Yeah. So it kind of mirrors that. Yeah. There was a Harvard professor recently that I was listening to. He's being interviewed, and it was talking about um, it was basically a startup, how how to grow a startup, and you know how do you get your first thousand customers. So. Sounds sort of, I'm way off base here, but listen, hear me out. I think the key is, if you're a water utility, don't look at, you know, DC Water or, you know, Grand Rapids or Cary, North Carolina and say, wow, these utilities are innovative. And I'm just picking names out of that. They're innovative. Look what they've done. They've been at this for 5, 10, 15 years, yeah. right? Don't think about where they are now. Think about where they were at the at the beginning. And that's sort of what I was talking about this conversation with this Harvard professor who was like looking at back to Uber or back to Lyft or Airbnb. Everybody gets excited to say, wow, they're so successful. They're growing so fast. The reality of it is on day one, they were pretty podunk 
compared to what they are now. And that, you know, you go online and you type in, I need a bedroom in New York City. On the back end, someone's making telephone calls to find you a bedroom. Completely different now. Technology was not the issue. It was the core operating assets that were the biggest issue. So happens all of us. We're all trying to keep up with the Joneses in one form or another, whether it be Bluefield Research trying to keep up with other businesses and compete in the market, whether it be water utilities trying to provide the best services and looking at all the peers. That's really the challenge. And stepping back, doing a little self-reflection and saying, all right, where are we today? Where can we be in 10 years? But how did others do it? But how did they do it from day one, not year 10? Right. What are those introduction steps? Where do we begin versus where to envision ourselves 30 years from And now? it should be easier because there are solutions that have made it easier. You know, they've sort of, they've cut down, they've cleared the path of how to do it. So, hey, you don't have to be necessarily the innovator. You can be an early adopter. Are there um, s significant utility success stories out there? Are there, are there leaders in innovation that folks are looking at already saying, Look, look, so and so did this. So and so did that. Um, look, I, I think there are. When it comes, to, there's some. You know, we track hundreds of projects. I mean, the UK utilities are successful. Part of it is regulatory driven, right? Okay. So the regula regulations in the UK driving not just opex and capex. You know, uh, management. It's really totex as a whole. So what you're seeing, Europe or UK utilities driving that. Um, in the U.S., it's a little bit harder. Cary, North Carolina, that is a utility that they're deploying new solutions. They're trying different things, and they've moved along that curve. So, you know, you're putting me on the spot a which, little bit. Which, but which goes to show, though, that it's not always not necessarily going to be those big, huge utilities. I think that, and that's exactly what I said. I agree with you completely. It doesn't have to be the D.C. waters. And right. D.C. water... Right. They're innovative and they're in the way. They do environmental impact bonds. They've got all these new different solutions. Part of it's marketing. They're smart. And the key is educating the customer, right? Yeah. The customers are happier. I mean, they do these, you know, silly videos that you see sometimes. But hey, if it works, it's all it should be about the customer, right? It's not about sort of the utility. And so providing the best service, uh, uh, you know, notifying them in various forms. I mean, whether it be you know electronically, whether it be by email, or whether it be by YouTube, you know, hey, here's we are you know uh, coordinating the system. We you know we're doing these operational changes to the system, or we're digging up your street. We're just, I mean, you can that customer connection. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. I mean, really, do you need to stick a piece of paper on my door? Look, I get it. You know, if I don't, the phone books exist anymore. I think we finally got. I think we've gotten rid of. I think we've gotten rid of phone books, so it can happen, right? <laughs> there are definitely there are definitely things that have become dinosaurs. My kids don't know what a payphone looks like. Really, they've never seen a payphone. No, I mean, I, right? I don't think seriously, when's the last time you seen a payphone? But it, but all of this also brings up the issue of the expertise required to make these transitions, right? Which then gets back to the human resource right. issue, which we're already seeing in the industry, you know, the problem there anyway. Yeah, and I would say um, it's going to require people, right? And it's so there are a couple ways to look at it. The utilities across the country talk about workforce attrition, you know, 10 to 20, 30, 50% in some cases. 
they expect attrition of their workforce over the next 10 years. That's pretty scary. If 50% of Bluefield research disappeared, you know, heaven help us. Um, and these are large systems, so, and they're serving a lot of people. So, and uh, for it's critical infrastructure, right? So part of it is making sure there's knowledge transfer, right? So if things, if there are processes in place, it's not caught up in everybody's head where, you know, X pipe is or what material pipe or what's you know, the operational or um, equipment issue nuances are across the network. The other part of that is, I mean, the industry does have to attract people. I think, I mean, I think we're beyond millennium, millennials now, next generation. But the point being is, it is interesting. I think it's really important. To, you have to attract people and people, you know, they're going to be more energized if it sort of applies to their daily lives. If it's, you know, if someone were to say, hey, come work for, you know, we're hiring at Bluefield Research. We need people who can use an abacus. Right. I don't think Gee, I'm going to get. I don't think so. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get many employees. Well, and that may even help solve. I mean, that maybe the solution is all weaved into every bit of this. We're seeing attrition right. in in our current generation. It happens. Yeah. And the future generation, we all know, want something different in sure. their work world. Yeah. At the same time, we're seeing a digital transition. Yeah, and look, I don't. It's not doom and gloom. I, you know, sometimes I feel like I do go to water conferences and it's like, oh, God, you know, rates are rising. Everybody hates us, you know, because we're slow, we're risk averse. That it doesn't have to be that way. This is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to make the system better. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost money regardless, right? right. So doing nothing costs money. Doing nothing costs money. I mean, if not, it makes it worse. And you can, the data shows that when you look at capitals, you know, public spending on water systems in the U.S. has gone down the last five out of 10 years, right? OPEX it continues to climb, CAPEX continues to go down. And so that divergence is a problem. Ultimately, things are gonna to have to be rehabbed or there's gonna be new build. And it's not like population's not growing, right? In places like California or Arizona, uh, Texas, Florida. So there, there's so many different demands on the existing infrastructure. Um, it just, you know, it's an opportunity. I think I try to be optimistic about it. So how does it apply? How does this apply to design and build? I would say, look, you know, there obviously there's existing infrastructure. Things do need to be replaced. It's about helping make better decisions, right? And whether that be within the network or whether it be adding new capacity along the line. And so it, digital solutions are pervasive, whether it be in the designing of systems, but also how does it fit within an existing, you know, from here's the problem, so identifying the problem to what, what are the options and solutions. Okay, well, here's design that in a solution that can work using these different technologies or business models, and then what's the output look like? And so I, that's where I think it's applicable, and I think part of it is just to be aware um, across the value chain of infrastructure, you know, build out, like understanding here are various solutions. And because the sector as a whole is broken out in silos and it's understanding what solutions are applicable within those utility silos, whether it be, you know, the back office, whether it be the net, the, the vertical assets, the Just linear the assets, and then also
It's clear this digital transformation in the water wastewater sector is far-reaching, influencing utility operations, maintenance, and capital investments, and will provide solutions for everything from leaking pipes to water quality. Of course, design-build is also a force multiplier for water projects optimizing collaboration to inspire that digital innovation. Thanks to Reese Tisdale, the president of Bluefield Research, for talking to us today, and thanks again to Georgia Pacific Gypsum for bringing this podcast to you. Have you ever been to a DBIA water wastewater conference? They're terrific events created by and for design builders. So go to dbia.org conferences for details. Mm-hmm.